This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. Bienvenidos. Aloha. <laughs> I'm drinking a freaking coconut water. All of a sudden, I'm acting like I'm a native to Hawaii. Just dropping alohas left and right. Like, calm down, low. Oh, God. Welcome to an all-new episode of the Low Life Podcast. I'm a mess, and I'm your host, Lo Von Rumpf. I hope you're having a good week so far. And if you're not, don't worry, boo-boo. We got a great show in store for you today. Your week's about to get better. I'm actually in Orange County right now at my parents' place. Queen called me and she's like, I'm making mole tonight. You want to come down for dinner, mijo? And I was like, <gasps> I'm on my way, Queen. So I drove to Orange County because mama's making mole. It's one of my favorite dishes. If you're not familiar with what mole is, it's a classic Hispanic dish. Um, I didn't like it when I was a kid. Just because I thought it looked unappetizing. As a kid, you know, I wanted like pizza and chicken tenders. And my mama was making me eat mole, which is this chicken covered in a really dark brown sauce. So it, I was like, that looks gross. But as an adult, I'm like, that looks delicious. And it tastes freaking bomb. So mole is this classic dish, but I love it because you're mixing sweet, spicy, savory, salty. You're getting it all in one dish, which is why it's one of my favorites. Um, because you take a little bit of chipotle spice, different chiles, and you mix those with a smidge of peanut butter or chocolate. I know that sounds weird. I was kind of like, wait, what? but it actually works. All the flavors combine and ah, delicious. So I had mole that she also made arroz con pollo, which is chicken and rice. I love freaking Mexican rice. And then she did a fresh pot of frijoles de la olla, which is a pot of beans, pinto beans. But my mom will put like jalapenos and onions and a cumin. And there's so much flavor in all the food that I just ate way too much. And now I'm sitting here with a full belly of Mexican cuisine from the queen, uh, wearing my comfy that I got on Amazon. And mm, life is good. I'm in a really good place right now. I was thinking about this exact time last year. We're at the end of March. And I was actually looking at my calendar this exact time last year, which I had nothing on my calendar. Work had completely stopped. Entertainment industry was shut down. A lot of industries were shut down, but I'm just speaking on mine. I had no work. The only thing I was worried about was if I was going to get toilet paper because people were fighting over toilet paper and shit. Like it was such a weird time and we're still in such a weird time right now. But back then it felt even more bizarre because we were all like, what the hell is going on? So flash forward to today, March 26th. I now have work that's happening. I'm not able to come to Orange County quite as much as I was doing this time last year. It made me think, wow, it was a really scary time. And yeah, it sucked that work wasn't happening. And But silver lining is I got some amazing quality time with my family. And I don't know if I'll ever get that kind of quality time where just work completely shuts down. There's no emails. I wasn't getting phone calls. I didn't have photo shoots. Like nothing was happening. So I'm excited that work is starting to pick up. And of course, there's light at the end of the tunnel with the vaccine. And, you know, things are starting to move along. My schedule's starting to fill up a little bit more, and it's bittersweet, though. That's what I have to say. It's a bittersweet feeling. And with that schedule changing and me not getting to go and see my parents as much as I wanted in Orange County, like I was during the, you know, early pandemic days, it's been an adjustment. It's been with my sleep, with my eating, with my working out, because now I actually have, like, work coming in. And I'm like, whoa, 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 like, 
hold up. I need to get used to this. I'm such a routine person. Uh, and I got into my set like flow during the pandemic. Now with things coming up on my calendar, I'm like, oh, damn, like this is a, an adjustment period for me. And that's probably why I was constipated all week. <laughs> Not to give like too much information, TMI, but uh, well, I let it all hang out here on the podcast. So yeah, I have been feeling a little constipated lately, but um, I'm not just saying that to tell you I've been backed up. I actually have reason to tell you that because I, uh, <laughs> I've been, I've been drinking lemon water. That's helped me so much. So I was feeling constipated. My sleep schedule's been off, and I was just kind of feeling like shit. And I've had a lot of clients and friends recommend drinking warm water with lemon juice in the morning. And I was like, okay, why not? I'll give it a shot. It's a game changer. It helps with digestion. It helps your skin, your hair, your sleep. I definitely have a regulated bowel movement schedule happening now. I'm sure there's at least one listener right now that's like, hey, Lo, I'm feeling constipated too. So if anything, this could help you. Uh, and yeah, it's been a game changer for me. So if you just Google lemon juice water in the morning, all the benefits will come up. And there's just a lot of great little healing properties to that simple little eight ounces of warm water with lemon juice in the morning. It's definitely been a game changer. All right. So besides my shit schedule and also my work schedule filling up, <laughs> we have a great show in store for you today. So today I have Christine Scheifer and M. Schultz on the podcast. They host the podcast and that's why we drink. I actually wasn't familiar with their podcast, but I had a friend reach out uh, because she knows I love like a good crime podcast, anything true crime, serial killers, ghost encounters, paranormal activity. And I guess this podcast covers all that. Um, that's their main shtick, um, but they also are funny and they're friends. So it's a really fun listen. And I was excited to get them on the show because I'm like, I now enjoy their podcast and it'd be great to have them on. So today we're going to dive into paranormal activity. We're going to talk about psychic mediums and people that actually can communicate with the dead. Ghost encounters. One of our guests had a ghost encounter with a deceased family member. We're also going to talk about uh, haunted houses and haunted dolls. And it's a very interesting, entertaining episode. And these two people have spent so much time researching and learning all about paranormal activity. And so, of course, I was like, oh, my God, we got to get them on the podcast. I also love that our guest today, M. Schultz, is very open about talking about sexuality, identifies as non-binary. That's the pronoun. They. And I know that can be confusing for a lot of people to understand. I mean, I've been asked about that from friends and family because it's been a topic and discussion in the media and the news and stuff. And anyway, being non-binary and having a pronoun they, we touched on that topic and M is very open about it. And it was great to hear just a different perspective. I always want different perspectives here at the Low Life Podcast. So it's a wonderful episode. Love having them on. They're now my official paranormal activity experts that I'll bring on uh, for more episodes. Uh, but I hope you enjoy this one. Let's get into today's show. I am so excited for today's special guest. We have Christine Scheifer and M. Schultz. They have become podcast legends in just a few years after launching their paranormal and true crime podcast. And that's why we drink. With over 200 episodes done and over 80 million lifetime downloads. Jesus. Uh, <laughs> that, oh my God. 80 million lifetime downloads. That's why we drink has become one of the go-to podcasts for listeners, especially right now during a pandemic. It's no surprise that the witty duo 
uh, podcast has consistently been featured in the top 20 of the comedy podcast charts, and they are proud winners of the 2019 People's Voice Webby Award for Best Comedy Podcast. Uh, there's crime, paranormal activity, cults, serial killers, witchery, and humor all rolled into one. These are definitely my people, and I know the low lifers would feel the same freaking way. So, welcome to today's very special guest, M and Christine. Oh my gosh, beautiful! That, Thank wow, you. I'm blushing. I feel like I should have. I should walk out here on a red carpet after that. Yeah. Oh, I, I mean, the carpet is out. I was so excited. So I just went into the podcast. Like I was doing my homework. I'm listening to these episodes. Oh, thanks. I, I'm. I'm a fan because I love that you're blending the humor and just your great relationship that you guys have talking to each other with with a lot of crime, paranormal activity, ghosts. And yeah, I, I think it's brilliantly done. Well, we consider ourselves lowlifes uh, in general, so yeah. I think we're a good match here. <laughs> yeah, that's right. And to get you guys on an interview, I feel like I got the exclusive because you uh, elusive too. Um, you guys don't do Ooh, a lot of elusive. interviews. No, yeah, that, which I I like that. We we just started uh, getting a real role on interviews, so we're yeah, you are hitting us uh, right in the beginning, I guess. Yes, perfect. <laughs> well, okay, so I I love um, I guess the darkness is that we could say paranormal activity, aliens, all of that. But I think I've always been drawn to it since I was a little kid. Yeah, I mean, I remember having a Ouija board and wanting to talk to whoever had died in our family. Oh, yeah. And, <laughs> I didn't want to talk to anyone in my family. I, but... no. <laughs> yeah. I hid mine under my bed and my stepdad would always find it and throw it away. And I would like beg my mom for a new one. So I went through many Ouija boards growing up. But oh, wait, oh, my God. Wait, did you grow up in a religious family? No, but my stepdad just was so freaked out by it. I think he just had like a, he was like, I don't even want to go there and not even religious reasons, just like not didn't want to think about it talk about it so it was my my own passion until i met m and i was like thank god there are other people i have world. a ouija board yeah. too yes. <laughs> my mom was like here's this thing uh, i don't really understand it but get crazy and then if i said oh i found a spirit then she'd be like that's great me too and then just like go to the uh, alcohol cabinet yeah <laughs> it's it's funny when it comes to like ouija boards and stuff even today like people get really freaked out by them and they automatically assume you're going to conjure up the devil or something, you know, people get really weirded out about it. Even friends, I'm like, you, we should do like a Ouija board situation. And they're like, no, like, I don't mess with the dark arts. And I'm like, <laughs> isn't it? It's like a Milton Bradley situation. It's like Hasbro you, you know? or something. Yeah, yeah, it's a game. Um, So you, you guys definitely loved that stuff as a kid. And then you've successfully turned it into an amazing career in podcasting. And I wanted to get a little background. I actually know how you guys have met because I went into an internet um, stalking FBI investigation. Ooh, so I'm familiar with oh your story. Thank <laughs> no. you. I, oh, I went down a rabbit hole of and that's why we drink not only with the podcast. I listen. I was listening to like three o'clock in the morning. Um, and then I went on your Instagram and I, I went and like looked at your uh, your feed <laughs> Oh my God, your TikToks! I can't M with oh, you on TikTok. You. <laughs> Goodbye. That's a new hobby of M's. I am Thank you. You're like the first person to say anything uh, at all about my TikTok. So thank you. Oh, it's amazing. There's a, I actually saved uh, a cilantro video that you did um, because <laughs> M M has the cilantro taste receptors. I have um I have the super taster gene or something like that. I whatever they're yeah. called. It sounds really <laughs> cool. It makes me sound elite, but really it's you are. like I get judged for it so i don't know <laughs> wait so you could actually uh does it taste like soap to you or do you yeah. enjoy cilantro no i oh, hate cilantro i mean i like i it tastes like i'm eating soap 
Oh my god. Well, I won't be cooking for you yeah, because seriously. literally I, I tried. I've never every I dish gave up a long time ago cooking yeah. for him. Well, I'm Hispanic, so literally everything down to like rice krispie treats with a little sprinkle <laughs> cilantro right on top of those. Um, I'm on but, your side here. Yeah, I love it. But I'd love to get into how you guys actually met and then came to this point where now you have 200 plus episodes and all these downloads and but getting to the point of all right we're doing this what did that look like for you guys um tell our love story well i i'm used to so since we've just started doing all these interviews this year i feel like it's this year that we really got into yeah i think it was the zoom uh situation the zoom zoom fad yeah. The, the pandemic, people got really bored and started asking us questions about our personal lives. <laughs> Finally, we got to talk about ourselves. <laughs> so we met in grad school, but we weren't actually friends. Like We didn't run in the same circle or anything. So we were there yeah. for our master's program. And part of the program is it sends you to Los Angeles for the last semester for internships. And okay. after our internships ended a lot of people just went home and by a lot of people i mean everyone except me and christine so <laughs> even though we didn't run the same circles previously out of a desperate need for a friend we i reached out to christine and asked if she wanted to go to a like a harvest festival with me that was in town is that like oh like a christian festival is that for a christian music <laughs> it, it's exactly that actually no uh, it's no. uh there was a <laughs> Uh, I don't know. Like a I don't know how. We, patch, yeah, pumpkin, pumpkin patch. patch. Oh, sorry. You're right. That okay. Harvest fall. Of course. Oh my god. There's oh, yeah, a festival. We all, we all wore white gowns and stood in a circle and praised Jesus. We, we chanted. Yeah. Um, no. We. Uh, I'm not religious, by the way. I just assume everyone chants and Christian uh, in Catholic. That sounds about right. Yeah. No. no, we went to a, a pumpkin patch, I guess, and we did like a corn maze together and we uh, did a tractor ride and keep in mind, we didn't really know each other. So it was kind of <laughs> awkward the whole time, but I was desperate. So on the tractor ride, we found out that we both really liked true crime and the paranormal and we followed each other on Twitter and... I realized how funny Christine was, and she asked if I listened to any podcasts, and I said, what's a podcast? Yeah. And uh, she recommended a few, and only after a couple months of, after that, we really clicked, and we ended up hanging out together almost every day for a few months, and at the same time, I was listening to the podcast Christine recommended, and I was like, we could probably do this, and worst case scenario, it'll just be us recording the beginning of our friendship, and it'll be this really sweet thing we have, and no one else has to Aww. listen. And yeah. then people started listening that weren't our moms and it just kind of took off. So, wow. And that's the thing about the podcast space. Like if you have a voice, I mean, it doesn't matter about your Instagram following or whatever. It, like none of that shit matters truly. Right. If you have a good podcast, great content and it's a good conversation, people want to hear it. Yeah. Um, and, and like word spreads. It was so cool to find people who were like, I also love to hear about possessions. And, uh, you know, we didn't know if anyone would really care. It's in our lives. <laughs> we only had each other to talk about these things. But yeah, people, you know, started finding the show and sharing it. And we uh, eventually got to, you know, quit our L.A. day jobs, which was great. So yeah. it worked. Wow. Our after work hobby turned into a career, which was pretty exciting. Amazing. So are you both now in Los Angeles full time? So I recently moved out of L.A., but we oh, were in L.A. Uh, for a while and um, I'm still in Burbank. But I my husband and I want to buy a house and L.A. Uh, Zillow is really intimidating. So we were like, let's go back. <laughs> so we're in my hometown in Cincinnati. Oh, um, nice. Okay. I was flying back like monthly, but obviously with COVID, we've had to kind of put that on hold. But it's a long yeah. commute. Did you like living in L.A.? 
Yeah, I mean, I did. I think I never really pictured myself living there forever. So it kind of got to a point where we were like, I don't, we, we work from, you know, I work from home. So I was like, yeah. I can go anywhere and like continue working on the show. And That's everything. true. Yeah, I guess. Well, because I, I think I'm going to end up dying here in L.A. <laughs> like I I want to be buried at um, Forest Lawn Cemetery. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh that's I, I go out all, there. <laughs> wait, re- that's my hangout spot. I go. We, we have all the time. Yeah. Well, because here's the thing, especially during a pandemic, I've been loving going to the cemetery. My friends are like creepy, um, but I'm like peaceful and so quiet. Calm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's like well kept. Well, the the p- thing people don't understand about cemeteries, specifically in Los Angeles, they're bougie ass cemeteries. They are right, true. they're fancier than a lot of parks. Yeah, right, okay. true. They, thank you, Em. Yeah, they really are. <laughs> yeah. So that being said, you're. I mean, the the one there's one in uh, Burbank actually, the Forest Lawn. That's my favorite location. Um, I guess it's technically Burbank Hollywood Hills is what they call it's it. It's like right, right off the highway or something off the one thirty four. Why right off the 134. Um, oh, yes. I, I, I live pretty close to the cemetery, so. <laughs> oh, my God. I used to live in the apartments uh, right there by Forest Lawn. Oh, um, okay. I know exactly yeah. what apartments you're talking about. Good. Yeah. Yeah. This is my hood. Um, so I, I'm always over there, but I don't know. It's just really peaceful. And I always see like deer, coyotes, like wild animals. And there's no people, just lots of nature. That's the dream. And yeah, and like, and I think, oh, who's buried there? That's um, what's her name from Star Wars? Um, and oh. she died shortly after her mother. Deb- Debbie Debbie Reynolds' daughter, Carrie Fisher. Carrie Fisher. God, Carrie Jesus. Fisher. That's very embarrassing. Thank wow. you. Yeah. Three people couldn't figure that <laughs> out. My husband's gonna divorce me. Three when people this comes in LA out. couldn't figure that out. Yikes! Yikes! <laughs> no. Well, that's actually the thing too. Like, I've been in LA my whole life, but I have to say trying to find people that you actually can connect with and just, I don't know, not give too much of a shit about the industry and stuff like that. Uh, it's tough to find, it's but tough. once you do, I'm, once you do. I'm uh, dating someone who uh, doesn't work in the movie industry. And every mm. time I feel like we've socialized with people who work in the, the movie world, she just couldn't be like less interested. <laughs> like she, <Yeah>. she tried, <laughs> uh, she tried like Bumble BFF and she became friends with like a camera operator and, I guess their whole first interaction was like this camera operator trying to teach her like what a steady cam is. And Allison was like, I, look, I don't care. I'm so sorry. Yeah. I don't care. Besties. Not. <laughs> yeah. Almost. Yeah. So I actually want to talk to you guys about speaking of like cemeteries and all that dark stuff. That's not actually dark, but I'm curious what your thoughts are on actual psychic mediums. Mm. I don't, I, like so there's the um the jersey medium there's tyler and he draws the circles and yeah. he's talking to you know michael jackson um <laughs> so yeah how do you guys feel about it i'll get i'm gonna leave the floor to you and then i'll give my opinion do you go first Christine? no you go ahead i feel like you're more in you you're more in the know oh maybe. i don't think I don't so know. at all i think you're more in the know so i i have no standing in what other people's experiences are i do think there's a lot of people out there who are doing it for clout or monetary gain but there's some people out there who just see shit and know shit. And I, I don't know how I'm kind of jealous of it. I really wish I had that <laughs> ability, but one of my friends, uh, growing up, she's, uh, able to see things around her all the time. And she's been weirdly accurate if, if I've ever tried to test it in the beginning of our friendship. So, oh wow, I, I just got to believe it. I mean, I personally, yeah. without question, ghosts are real to me. Like that's not up for debate. And yeah. so if I believe that and someone else doesn't, I would want them to respect it. So 
you know, I feel that way towards totally. mediums. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, no, I, I'm I'm kind of with M. I feel like, I don't know, I think there are definitely people who obviously take advantage of vulnerable people and it can get kind of icky. Yeah. So I think there's definitely, I mean, you know, I studied journalism. I'm the true crime half of the show, so I'm more inclined to be a little bit skeptical of things like that um, and, you know, not necessarily assume everyone has great intentions. But that being said... I'm with Eb. I mean, I'm also very woo-woo. LA didn't help. I went like <laughs> off, you know, off a cliff with the woo-woo business. So I'm yeah. definitely on board. Like, I think it's, it's I think it's real to an extent. I just, you know, I'm yeah. wary, I guess I would say. How many crystals do you have in your home oh, right now? God, I'm literally a lot. <laughs> a lot. <laughs> right I think I'm the only person in Kentucky with like a full crystal collection. You're, you're going to end up having the house that like children say like a witch lives there. The, the Halloween like... house. Yeah. <laughs> That's my dream. Yeah. I mean, that's what I've always felt like I've been building up to. So I appreciate that compliment. Thank yeah, you. You're welcome. <laughs> are, are you into, do you have crystals and stuff too, Em? I, so I went through a phase where I was really into collecting them, but I realized I didn't know enough about them. And yeah. I didn't have the energy to learn more, which is a shame. But I think because of our podcast, we have so many listeners who want to educate us about it. And I have this weird hang up where like the second someone else really uh tries to teach me about something or suggest something i like like step away from it it's like if someone says you've got to watch this tv show and you hear it a million times it's like well now i kind of don't want to watch it I, it makes no you're sense. that friend you're, yeah, that you're friend. the antagonist yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm the worst i'm the absolute worst but eventually so many people were like oh here's this crystal and this crystal and this crystal and i just got overwhelmed with how much they all knew and i knew nothing and it felt like too steep of a learning curve and i was like i'm mm. out i don't want to do it so i have some I'd have like three and I know enough about them and I'm good. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in the same boat. I collect them. I don't know what I'm collecting. I'm just like, oh, that's beautiful. Like I could put that on like my a seagull. table. I'm like, it's so shiny. That's <laughs> yeah. all I care about. <laughs> yeah. You're like seabirds. How nice. <laughs> yeah. And if they could help with something, I'm like, if this could bring some bad juju or whatever, or get it out of here. Like, yeah. sure. I'm, I'll burn. I like the smell of sage. I'll burn it. Like whatever, oh, yeah. you know? Yeah. Um, Em, have you had an actual uh, ghost encounter? I want to, like, I'm not leaving that uh, oh, stone I've unturned. Had a lot. Um, so I have had experiences since I was three or four. And mm. one of the only times I've seen anything was when I was seven. And I saw my grandfather a week after he died. Um, and apparently he was making the rounds because everyone that week in our family had some sort of weird thing happen to them. I like to think I lucked out and I had the best of them because I'm the only one who saw him. Everyone else had like a dream or he should have been a picture or um, but he sat on my bed while I was sleeping and I woke up to the feeling of someone sitting on the bed and he was just leaning there and smiling. And I just kind of got this sense, overwhelming sense of like pride and, you know, uh, you know. I'm going to be looking out for you. And when I woke up, he was gone. Mm. But um, so luckily, was this, this this was soon after he died or it was when, a week after he died. A week, OK, wow. I do wonder. Um, I never really thought like said this, but I wonder if he showed himself to you because you were a little kid. And so it was less of a so. huge hurdle to show. Like, I feel like if, a you know, 40 year old woke up and saw a man on the bed, it's like a lot more alarming than like a little kid who doesn't totally get that that's not normal. So maybe that's. I've thought that too. I'm. We've never talked about that, but I've we thought really that haven't. too. <laughs> no, because for just the general audience, usually it's easier for children to see things because they still have, you know, imagination uh, that hasn't been ripped away from They're their society. They're not society. Uh, where someone's told them like, oh, that's not real. This is real. Or don't pay attention to this. Look at this. And so you still just kind of have a 
you don't know what you're looking at. You don't know what to tune out. It might out. be less scary, too, because you don't yeah. understand that it's supposed to be scary. Yeah, and yeah. at the time, I was one of the only grandkids. I, I think there was only two others of us, and they were younger than me. So I would have been the only person who would remember something like that. So, yeah, it makes sense. Wow. Yeah. Oh, that's, I mean, how cool, though, to be able to have that kind of an experience. And you've had him in your adult life, too. I've had him around. I, he's kind of like a narcissist. So the fact that we're talking about him I at cannot. all, I, I can feel him right now. <laughs> and I feel like that sounds like I'm, that's performative in some way, or like I'm trying to like get the attention, but I feel him and he's right there. And he's, he's like, yeah. uh-huh. Yeah, 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 yeah. You're talking um, about me. <laughs> I hear you talking about me. But the only time he ever showed himself to me in my adulthood was in a dream, which the fact that this man has been listening in on my conversations for like 25 years, he, <laughs> I've been saying nonstop, I want him to show himself and he never will. The only time he actually did was the night that I graduated from college. And when he was alive, he said that was like one of the biggest things he wanted to be around to witness is that he just mm. wanted to see one of his grandkids go to college. And so the night that I graduated, I had a dream where he showed up and I remember looking at him and going, finally, you're here. <laughs> and uh, he gave me a hug and he said, you did good, kid. But when he Ooh. died, when he died, I didn't, uh, I was seven. I don't really remember, uh, you know, if he called me anything specific. So kid was weird to me, but I told my mom about it later. And that's apparently what he called me. I had no idea. Wow. So, yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back. Hair thinning impacts a lot of us. In fact, over half of us will experience hair thinning at some point in our lives. It's not only common, it's normal. Join over 1 million people who are doing something about it with Nutrafol. I've been recommending it to my friends and family. I take it. My mama, the queen, takes it. Queen, you love yeah. it. Oh, yeah. I recommend it to my hairstylist. I recommend my sister-in-law and even my niece. We range in age from like 22 to 67. They're loving it. Yeah, they are. It's a great Mother's Day gift. Oh, I love it. It's amazing. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist recommended hair growth supplement with over 1 million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster growing hair with less shedding. Take the first step to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners $10 off your first month's subscription and free shipping when you go to Nutrafol.com and enter the promo code LOWLIFE. Find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and stylists recommend Nutrafol for healthier hair. Nutrafol.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code LOWLIFE. That's Nutrafol.com, promo code LOWLIFE. And we're back. What about you, Christine? Have you had any experiences like that? Well, so I think it. I, growing up, I always was obsessed. I mean, like you were saying, I had a Ouija board. I had like, I found a book recently in my mom's house called like Psychic Book for Kids. Like I was just obsessed mm -hmm. with trying to figure out. I mean, nothing crazy really ever happened as a kid, I think. But yeah, as Em and I started doing the podcast, it's like careful what you wish for because we were talking about it <laughs> so much. And then I started studying like the Akashic Records and Reiki and all this business. And yeah, things started like weird things started happening. You know, I think it was just we were talking about it. We were more open minded. Em was telling me their stories. And one day, I mean, one that I remember like during recording, which is kind of cool. We have it like on audio. Too bad we weren't doing like Zoom or, you know, recording back then. But we were recording and I was talking about. It was something like I've had a dream about a guardian angel or something, and I like said the name that I had heard, and all of a sudden this like record just like flew behind, like flew off a shelf and like no. flew across the room, and I remember oh. being like, 
But. Okay, this is too far. Like, I, yeah. it, it feels like, oh, that's cool. That's something I would want to see. And then when it happens and you're, you know, in the dark alone, uh, two right. people recording, it's like, well, that was actually too too real and too close. So, you know, stuff like that has happened where we are both kind of like, huh, um, oh, we don't know was, what it means. <laughs> there was one we covered. I was reporting on one of the, like the most haunted dolls in the world. And we had an EMF detector um, sitting out, which indicates if there is any change in energy. And uh, as I got to the scariest part in the story, it started freaking out. And it had never done that in the oh, middle God. of me. Yeah, we always had it yeah, going. It was, well, anytime I've talked about any stories or any buildup or anytime I've even felt scared by myself and I turn it on, it's never reacted like that. And then right when I was really feeling the creeps, it started freaking out for no reason. So. And just a warning, like we put out those doll episodes and there was one episode where we should, we still to this day think we might, sh- we should, we should put a waiver out because people yeah. started emailing and saying like, what the hell? I got a nosebleed. I crashed my car. Like my phone died and never turned back on. I mean, weird things happen with that specific episode that to this day, people still write in and say, you know, you were saying how this doll like screws with people's lives and suddenly like something fell off and broke my yeah i don't know people, foot, whatever people were it was saying just... like they were getting seizures and also anytime Ugh. we won't say the name of the doll because apparently in in interviews or anytime we've brought it up since and we've said the name of the doll the audio completely deletes we've itself, literally like... had audio just delete itself yeah when what? we talk about this. yeah i know so we, we won't say we won't it say, we, won't say, we won't say the name but <laughs> but but she's serious and we've put ourselves in in the actual room with her. That was we, probably stupid. We went to go visit her in real life. Hold on. <laughs> We're I, friends now. <laughs> we stared so... her in the eyes and spoke to her in a locked room. You guys speak about this stuff like it's so like, you know, yeah, I went and saw her the other day. Yeah, it was and my it's bachelorette like... party and we were like, and was like, here, I'll plan it. Let's go to this haunted museum. Look, I'm so good at planning bachelorette parties. We went to see the world's most haunted doll and we didn't get seizures. So I call that a win. I don't think we did. Yeah. Uh, so, oh you know. my God. Wait, have you guys seen the show Six Feet Under? No. Oh, you haven't. Okay. Well, it came out like back in like 2008 or so, but um, it was through HBO. I think you guys would be really it's into so it. It's so familiar though. I, th- I think I know it. it it's one of those it. shows that um, like it was really popular at the time. And even to this day, like a lot of people end up like, are, especially during the pandemic, they're going and watching that show. Um, but it's it's wild because every episode starts off with a death um, mm. and they'll show. And it's actually... You guys would be so into the show because um, it it takes place in Los Angeles and there's this family and they run a funeral home and it actually was in Los Angeles. This family is a real family. They based the whole show off of and basically um, you'll see like all these different spirits coming to talk to people throughout the show. It's a heavy drama, but it was the first time I'd ever seen like a gay couple like on 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 television, like back in I think this was early 2000s. And I was like, oh, my God, like like there's like an interracial gay couple cutting edge. I was like, this is this is amazing. Yeah. Oh, my HBO. I watching HBO was like so like rated X to me. Yes. Big deal. I remember like sneaking and watching like real sex. Um, which was like a ser- <laughs> it was a series on HBO, and it yeah, would- I remember that. Oh, do you? I don't okay, remember this- sucks, but I do remember something called like the Bunny Ranch or something. Oh my god, I love the Bunny Ranch. Well, at that time, I did because I was watching something that was so taboo. You know, like HBO after hours. Like my parents can't know I'm watching this. And prostitution, it's legal in Nevada, so this was a reality show that took you into this famous brothel house called the Bunny Ranch. And it was on the outskirts of Vegas. And it was like this pink and white, like run down looking house, like in the middle of the desert. 
God, it was kind of gross, though, now that I think about it. Okay. Oh, that's right. Yes. I remember, now I, know. I remember having a sleepover with my friends and we were watching like a legitimate movie and we were like playing uh, like Uno or something. And then we got caught up in conversation. And then all of a sudden we looked at the TV and we were like, ah! we were like 10. <laughs> and I was like, what's happening? <laughs> playing Uno. How innocent and sad. That show. <laughs> no, I was, I was seeking it out. And yeah. um, some of I, us were a little edgy, I guess. And, and I just remember seeing like, I remember I watched one episode and I was like, okay, I'm done with the bunny ranch. Um, but it, it was. <laughs> It was his father and son, and he's like, my son needs to get laid, so I'm taking him to the bunny oh, ranch. God. And then they, they go into the bunny ranch, and uh, and she's like, what do you guys want? And he's like, you know, give us the bunny special. And a special? Oh, yeah. There was a, <laughs> of course it was a there's two, a special. It was like a two-for-one uh, situation. Oh, my God. So, yeah, so he went, and, and uh, yeah, she was about to sleep with both of them, and I was like, okay, I'm good. Yeah. Um, mm. This is freaking weird. Um, yeah, <laughs> HBO's great. <laughs> Wait, have you had any ghost experiences? I want to know before we get past it. I'm just oh, curious. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you know what? I haven't actually seen like uh, a family member or any sort of a ghost, but I've, and this is the thing I struggle with a little bit because I'm like, is it a ghost encounter or am I wanting it? Right. Am I, am I missing someone so much that I, it's a coincidence? I don't know. Yeah. And well, and Em and I did a ghost hunt at one point. Uh, and Em is definitely. Uh, the more, I think, scaredy cat, which is interesting. I feel like we talk about this sometimes that M is the more experienced ghost hunter, but also the more terrified one. I have yeah. knowledge and instinct. So, OK, <laughs> I, I know what to do in a pinch and it's run. OK, <laughs> in <a best> yeah, dream. <laughs> yeah. I, I'm curious to ask, like you guys have done so many podcasts and you delve into the whole world of ghosts and, and you've had experiences and how's your perception or dealing with the thought of death? <laughs> Not to get... <laughs> this about is true. You, it's true. About, about you dying. Well, I'm bringing it up because um, it's one of my biggest fears. Dying, losing a loved one specifically, mm -hmm. someone I'm really close with. Um, financial instability. That Same. one scares the hell out of me. Mm -hmm. uh, and then pigeons. Um, oh. so, birds. Yeah, no good with the I, birds. Interesting. I don't you're, you're, pigeons. You're sky. I'm sea. I'm terrified of fish. Terrified. <laughs> oh, really? I refuse to get in any body of water where a fish might be. <laughs> I, it's gonna eat me i don't care what you say it's gonna unhinge its little jaw nemo's gonna uh -huh. get me good it's i cannot like going to the beach nightmare going to oh the lake gosh. nightmare i i'll be on a boat oh my god one time i was on a, i just had a, like a total flashback memory where one time i was on a boat and the fish flew into the boat ah, that was your awful. nightmare <laughs> what the hell <laughs> we were going really fast and i don't know if it got caught in the wake or something but oh. like a, a fish like 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 landed in the boat and i was like this is i can't be here anymore <laughs> do you eat fish can you like sushi and stuff no i eat salmon and i don't know why that was different i think I my like mom... salmon's a very unique tasting fish compared to yeah. like it the looked, average fish. to me it looks the least like fish which makes no sense but i can't eat sushi i um i've like never touched a lobster or a crab i can't do it really it's, yeah I'm, and it's because <laughs> wow. of my fear of fish it's not because i don't like the taste of fish i won't go near i'm afraid it's gonna I, come back to life the, the first time em came over i was like making pizza and i was like i'll have some and it my we had put anchovies on it and em was like so angry i don't think i've ever seen you so angry you almost like left my house you were like this is i cannot abide by this i don't it's yeah. just i 
I don't know what's wrong with I do need therapy, but I won't get it. Well, we <laughs> all do. That. So don't worry. You're not alone in that. <laughs> Wait, no. I'm just curious your your horoscope signs because I'm a oh. cancer, so I'm a little crab. Pinch, we're, pinch. Here we oh, go. Oh, that's right. You'd be scared. <laughs> we're, we're Gemini's. We're two Gemini's, show. which explains oh, a lot yes. about our ener- our chaotic energy um, mm-hmm. and friendship. But yeah, a cancer. <laughs> we like a good cancer. Anyway, I mean, yeah. M's not going to touch you ever because you're a crab. No, no, but, no. You know. Uh, back to your question about death. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Which I'm loving these sharp turns, like Bunny Ranch, <laughs> Nana, and then Death, and then Death. Fish, you know? <laughs> yeah. Sushi. <laughs> I'm with I'm with you. I no thank. It's like my worst fear to even think about or you, think about really? someone else dying or it's. It, someone else dying terrible. is much, much more of a fear to me than my own death. But I think I, it's because I'm not afraid of death. I'm afraid of the time, uh, the time component. I'm just afraid of like, do I have enough left or. Could it be tomorrow? It's not. It's the not knowing. But then again, I wouldn't want to know either. It's just such a concept. I, I want nothing to do with it. And it's just so inevitable. And it f- terrifies me. Yeah, I have OCD. And my therapist recently was like, you know, there's a type of OCD called existential OCD. And I went, <laughs> that wow, that I one. have that. <laughs> she was like, yeah, you know, I've been thinking about this for weeks. And the more we talk about it, I'm pretty sure we're going to add that to your list of <laughs> diagnoses. And I was like, wow. And it's like the concept that you are like, you cannot grasp or like, you, you cannot accept that you can't grasp, you know, the yeah. death and the bigger picture. Yeah. I was like, I need to work on that because I'm th- with you. The thing is, when it comes to the idea of like dying, you're I'm with you guys in the sense of like, if I go, that would suck. But <laughs> like, I, I, I'm going to be okay with it. It's just I hope it's like quick and just take me out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when it comes to like losing like my parents Ugh. or something, oh my god, just the thought of it, I'm like worst fear. I, uh, the worst so fear. Worked. Really though, yeah, we especially... talk about that. Em and I do about like that that fe- that knowing you know that we're gonna go through that at some point is just terrifying. Yeah, I had a dream. I'm I, Christine knows the specifics of it, but I'm not going to in fear that my mom might hear it. But I had a dream one time that was like arguably the most vivid dream I've ever had, and it was a really horrific dream. And all of a sudden, one of the people in the dream looked me dead in the eyes. And I remember it vividly enough that as I'm awake, I can recall most of the dream. And the person looks me in the eyes and says, your mother is going to die eight years from today. And then I woke up and I looked at the clock and I've remembered that date this whole time. And I I'm aware of a date and it freaks me out and now even even if it's not real like why would you just tell someone that story like i'll i'll never it's really horrific um, who was that who was that demon that spoke do you was it an actual person you know like an ex or something it was my it was actually my mom's an sister ex. it was my mom's sister <laughs> oh, in the dream shit. yeah wait is your mom's sister alive yeah it was weird. really weird it was because we also like my aunt lives in florida like i like we don't really have much of a relationship but I know they have a relationship and in the dream, all three of us were together and then something happened and my aunt just looked at me and said it Ugh, and then I just chills. woke up. Yeah. And wow. my aunt has also had some really spooky stuff happen to her. So I'm I'm wondering if her and I had the same dream or something and like we're just have not you talking asked about her? it. No, we really don't. We really don't talk at all. So weird, weird, weird. Yeah. Mm. God, I hate that so yeah, much. I hate that I, a lot. <laughs> every, every day we're one step closer to that date. And I have already told Christine, I'm like. You know, it's years and years away, but like on that day, if we're still doing the podcast, I'm taking a day off. Like I gotta I'm go going on to a my retreat. Mom. Yeah. yeah, I was like, I'm You're bringing my town. mom into like a, a a bunker, and we're going nowhere and doing nothing. Yeah. 
Yeah. Got to protect her. Yeah. I don't because blame you. I'd be the your, same way. Your mom's sister is going to try and kill her. Yeah. That's what I'm getting from. That is so. where the true crime comes in. I'll be waiting and, with a notepad yeah. <laughs> for the story. Oh, oh, but anyway, talk uh, about existential dread. I live with that yes. every fucking day. So whenever, oh, yeah. I, whenever I miss a call from my mom now, I think like, wow, in a few years, I'm going to really regret that. Honestly, part of me thinks your your Jewish mother just came into your dreams to be like, I'm going to make you regret every time you don't pick up the phone. When That's I call yeah. you. exactly <laughs> what it is. My mom is such an overprotective, like helicopter, guilt like, tripper, classic, like Jewish mother. And maybe that's what it is. She found a way to wire my brain however she needs yeah. it. So <laughs> to terrify you. I could death. die tomorrow, which is something she says in real life. So Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah, boy. that's that. Well, my mom, uh, she's very similar in that way. She's like, you never know. Like, I'll say goodbye. She's like, this could be forever. I'm like, oh, Mah. I hate that. What is Ooh. that? <laughs> that's heavy. Um, yeah, that in every Christmas or whatever Thanksgiving we're celebrating, she's like, let's just enjoy this moment because I don't, I don't know if I'll be here next. What a downer. Year. Yeah, and I'm like, all right, pass the stuffing, you I, psycho. I, I, <laughs> I'm also equally like pretty terrible though with my girlfriend where sometimes if she's not giving me enough attention, I'm like, never know. You could really, <laughs> you could regret that tomorrow. Like I just feel like, I'm just like, all I'm saying is if something happened to you tomorrow, I could go to sleep knowing that I loved you the best I could. And you over there, yeah. you're just ignoring because you have to work, you know? So. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm curious too. What do you guys think about? Okay. Cause you're not religious, but you grew up Jewish. M, and then Christine, did you grew up? Catholic. Uh, oh, hello, Fun. Sister Christine. I know, same, right? <laughs> same here. I grew up Catholic as well. But the chanting, uh, M was pretty much like getting there with the chanting thing. I'm like, oh, yeah. That's what, yeah. That's what I imagine, at least. Just you're all huddled <laughs> together chanting. I don't know. Um, yeah, no, I, but my, my belief in, in death, my, the way my mom always taught it to me, which I don't think this really follows any specific religion it's just kind of my mom's take and i mm-hmm. ran with it is that she calls it her bubble and uh she thinks people that we love once they die become part of your like protective bubble or your, like your little like Aww. you know group of angels that look out for you and everyone kind of waits until everyone gets into the bubble and then you all reincarnate together whoa I love I like that. that. I yeah. do too. I, I don't know if that's part of a religion at all. It should be. I think it's really beautiful. But it's Linda's religion. I don't think it's a traditional religion, but I'm into it. But so now when she goes to bed at night, she like, I think we all, we do a lot of like religious adjacent practices, but just never say it out loud. Like every night I don't, I wouldn't say I pray, but I talk to like the bubble and I just say like, I love you. Good night. So like, Oh my God. And that's the sweetest. Thing. I know. <laughs> I'm like so jaded. I'm over here. Like I just drink and fall asleep, but no, I'm glad that you have a connection to the other side. But yeah. So I, I would say my religion is the bubble. Yeah. The bubble. I, I love, love that. that. I do yeah. too. Yeah. I, I'm fascinated by all religions. I love watching, um, like I just finished the Scientology one with Leah oh, Remini. So good. Wow. So Talk creepy. About Christine Zanu. is obsessed with Scientology. I have like a problem. Like ever since I was like a teenager, I would like call this, I would like prank call the Scientology Center 
uh, and just like <laughs> ask questions because I was like, I, I just needed to know what the hell is going on over there. I'm surprised Wait, they did didn't you? like hunt you down and like. I, I know. honestly, I'm convinced they're still watching me at a certain point. This is probably my existential OCD coming back, but I'm like, <laughs> I probably got on some list when I was a teenager. Did you um? Did you ever go to the Celebrity Center or any of the Scientology centers you know, in Los Angeles? I didn't it's big go here. to the LA one. I I always wanted to, but I did in college. I took a religion course and it was like a. F- taught by this philosopher and he was like very intense and we had to call him by his first name and it was just like hardcore Mm. philosophy but he was like he basically sent us on a field trip to the Scientology Center in DC and we went on like a full day field trip where we tested out the um, personality meters yeah for an audit yeah for an audit we were taught about you know how how medicine is I I don't know evil and all this business and so it was fascinating to be able to like see it in real life and have somebody like teach it to us Um, but I never went to the celebrity center I went to the the one in Hollywood on Hollywood Boulevard yes right by UCB I did improv across the street yes it is (laughs) (laughs) good times Uh, I I went there and I got the audit and everything like I was oh yeah what happened sorry I'm, I'm I realized I wasn't talking for a while but I just got enamored I was like i Please tell me everything about your audit. Yeah. yeah. Um, I'm a proud Scientologist to this day, actually. So. No. <laughs> I would be like, I'd be texting you. Like, we got to go. We gotta I'm, like, go. I'm hanging. I'm so terrible. I was like, just oh, Christine, my God. We just pissed him off. <laughs> Christine just looked like. I was we're like, dealing uh, with crazy. I wish we all kind of ran with our own theories of what was happening, and we just like, at what point Kept did they all going. clash, and we're all panicked? Yeah. Whew, I was like, man, we just f***ed up that interview yeah. real bad. <laughs> Quick, go back to the bunny ranch. Go back to the bunny yeah. ranch. Oh <laughs> no, I, I um, I'm not a Scientologist, but uh, but I was fascinated by, it and I had friends that were part of it. And here's the thing: they're you know, uh, friends in the industry, and they were actors, right. actresses, and they were always saying, "Lo, you got to come to the Scientology Center. It's great. It's more for networking." And they always made it more. It seems oh, wow. like on the business side of it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, they go, it could be. I'm a stylist full time right, uh, right. here in L. A. So they go, it could be a great way for you to meet clients, and you should come. And and I was like, no, like I'm not about to go to your weirdo cult. Um, so I. <laughs> I already thought of it like that just because I I thought the people that went in there just they don't smile with their teeth and that always freaks me Ooh. out. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's a new angle I hadn't I, even thought of. I don't like it. They're Horrible. hiding something. See, um that's how I feel about people whose eyebrows don't move. I'm like, if that mm. really freaks me out when people's eyebrows don't move. Just because you're not expressing yourself. Even from like Botox? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> Yeah. I don't know your story. All I know is your eyebrows yeah. aren't moving. <laughs> oh, yeah. My face is usually frozen in time, but I haven't been able to go back. So M you never know would, in L.A. I mean, M would definitely not trust me. I'm like, hello, M. Like, like, whoa. OK. I'm a Scientologist. Yeah. Those yeah. eyebrows speak volumes. Got it. They sure do. Uh, but I ended up going to the center um, after a few times and, and they, they brought me in and they they were actually really sweet, everyone there. And they asked if I wanted to do uh, an audit. Uh, and I was like, sure, I'm down. Uh, I don't wow. know what that entails, but they had me hold the little cans. Yeah. Or they were like <laughs> metal rod type things. Uh, that Stress were hooked test. Up. Stress test, yes. Uh, and they started asking me a bunch of different questions. Um, they asked me about like past traumas. And I was like, feel like they're just trying to get to know me like I you know and I'm yeah. an open book so it's like a personality oh my god quiz. this is a meet cute that's all 
<laughs> yeah. Um, so they're asking me a bunch of uh, personal questions. Um, and then I returned the favor and I was asking a bunch of personal questions, um, which he didn't like. My he auditor, didn't love that. <laughs> my auditor said, this isn't about me. This is about your experience. I said, but I want to know your experience, too. Um, and then I said, "Is like, I want to learn about like Zanu or Zanadu or whatever his name is. And <laughs> And he yep. was just like, looked at me like I was a demon in the Scientology Center. Oh, like no. he wasn't, he wasn't feeling it. I, I was asking way too many questions for his Probably, liking. Yeah. <laughs> and, and sadly enough, like they usually follow up with a text message and an email and they'll, you know, want to get you to come back. But they, they were you haven't... rejected by Scientology. That's I was. Wow. It's kind of I wasn't compliment. good enough. It's it not... is like a weird compliment. Yeah. But I think I'm impressed. All right. We're going to take a quick break. And we'll be right back. And we're back. I, I remember. So when I was 14, I was like, I was flirting around with like different religions because my friends were like learning all about them. And I was like, OK, like they wanted to go to a youth group. So I would go with them just to check it out. And I went to a whole bunch of different churches around the area just to see if any of them aligned with me. And one of them I ended up going to for a while just because my friend was there. And I remember there being one like youth group pastor who like pulled me aside and like asked me mm. to like go on a mission trip and then said something along the lines of like, Oh, let's talk about it sometime. But like, don't tell your parents. And I was oh. like, and oh, I, my mouthy self, I was like, um, that's hysterical. I'm about to go tell them right now. And I'm going to tell them that you fucking said that. So bye. <laughs> and, they, and I never came back. <laughs> Jesus, Rejected yeah. Yeah. from the church. <laughs> We're all just a bunch of religious rejects. How sad. Yay. Sure, sure are. Well, actually, okay, Em, I wanted to get into something with you. Just kind of yeah. touch on the subject, just because I know that it is such a journey um, coming to uh, understand who you are and mm. with sexuality and that whole thing. Okay, so I'm just going to detour into that. We're doing that's all okay. these sharp turns anyway. We might as well. I love Let's it. bring it up. Is that okay? Is this a terrible interview? No, I don't no, know. I'm loving it. You're okay. going for the jugular. You're like, this is what I want to fucking talk about. Let's just do it. It's All right. great. Yeah. So let's let's just get into non-binary gender situation. Uh, growing up, uh, coming to that point, I'm just mainly curious. One for my listeners that are not fully understanding what that even is. Mm -hmm. Um, it's interesting too because I'm I'm feel very comfortable in that space just because I'm I'm part of that community to an extent. Um, and also. I've just been in LA way too long. So I'm like, yeah. I, I was, I knew about that when I was like 10 years old. I'm right. like, of course. You were watching you're... HBO and all that. It's yeah. Yeah. Um, but, but it's funny because I'll see like my, my uncles or my aunts and I was telling them about one of my friends who's non-binary and they're like, so confused. They're like, wait, what? Or <laughs> they, they couldn't even comprehend the concept. So I was like, okay, so for someone who's non-binary, well, I'm going to have a non-binary guest. It is. It's, uh, it's kind of one of those things that's hard to explain if you're not experiencing it. Of course, of course. But, uh, but yeah, I mean, the, the general terminology I would go with is that if identifying as female or identifying as male or is on either spectrum, then non-binary is the middle part of that spectrum or not feeling like right. either. Some people don't, some people feel like both. I mean, it's just, I think of it more as gender is a sliding scale and very fluid. And there's, there's a million different definitions that could go with non-binary. I mean, for example, this is the part in interviews where I like to tell people that I actually haven't 
come out as anything yet. Um, I am still even flirting with the idea of like, maybe I'm trans. I, I don't know. Um, yeah. and a lot of people, because they hear me use they, them pronouns publicly, they've just kind of put me in a box uh, or just a decided like, oh, they, them, that's not boy or girl. So it must be non-binary. But uh, I I don't know what the f I am, which makes it I think even more important that you brought it up. So thank you. But I I think it's there's not a lot of people out there who are addressing like, hey, I don't f-ing know. Like if you're confused, like there's right, someone else right. out there who's also so fucking confused. And you know I Christine's my best friend, so we've talked about it a lot. But Christine uses. Uh, <laughs> are you shocked? Um, <laughs> it feel special. Thank you. But, no, but, like Christine uses he him pronouns for me, and you know I have openly uh identified sometimes not per like not permanently but i've said like oh maybe i'm a trans guy and um so we're still testing out pronouns together publicly i'm just going by they them so like people don't get confused by anything while i'm trying to figure it out <laughs> um but yeah so i i would say trans and non-binary kind of fall under the same umbrella of just a gender non-conforming or um not being not being born with the gender you were assigned at birth and just feeling like there's something off. So but the way, the best I can explain it is however you identify, if you're a man, if someone, if everyone out there in the world, every time they ran into you, a stranger and they said, Oh, sorry, miss. And they legitimately meant it. And you just felt uncomfortable for that second of like, why is that how you clocked me? Why did you see me as miss or ma'am? Like, what did I do that? gave off that vibe. I felt pretty confident in not looking that way. And if you hear it over and over and over from every single person for your entire life, by the time you're in your twenties, you're really beaten down and like that it doesn't feel right. And it never did. And finally someone bumps into you and says, Oh, sorry, sir. And it's just this like moment of complete euphoria of like, Oh, I'm finally being seen as how I feel. So Mm. that's the best I can do, but there's no, there's no way to tell someone who hasn't experienced it, a definition and expect them to get it. So of course. Well, and I think that when it comes down to it, I don't think anyone needs to have a coming out experience. Like, I'm like, right. oh, God, we're 2021. Like, do you like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, oh, it's mind blowing. Like, I, I can't wait for the day where there aren't specific like coming out stories, touching moments, because hopefully yeah. those people have all died off yeah. um, <laughs> that, yes. that that have so much ignorance and bias. And I mean, I could I always attribute it to the same thing when people were shocked and it was illegal for two different colors, races mm-hmm. to get married. It was literally illegal in America for a black person to marry a white person mm-hmm. at one point um, yeah. within the last hundred years. So that being said, I'm like, we're making, you know, leaps forward, but right. sometimes a couple steps back, you know, uh-huh. uh, <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> but I don't think anyone needs to have like a specific coming out moment. But right. I just, I, I thought because I would have you on, I was like, maybe she could like, so that my listeners could hear from, you know, someone who's actually experiencing right. that and, you know. No, I totally, insight. no, I appreciate that. I don't, I, I feel like we don't really address it a lot on our show and not for any reason, but just because people know at this point that I at least go by they, them. But a lot of people yeah. online do say like, oh, I love that you're non-binary. And it's like, you're kind of deciding what I am before yeah, you've I've never, even like, told said anybody. that on the podcast. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I've, I, that's I don't even know if I'm non-binary. So the fact that people sure. just kind of, put me on this uh i just gave you that label i'm like no we have our non-binary guest (laughs) no but you're 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 one of everyone and i mean to be fair like it's it's a fair assumption when someone says they them and you know nothing else so right so like no harm no foul but i 
it's interesting because people are assuming something before I've even addressed it. So I, I'll let you know, <laughs> but, uh, <Yeah. laughs> but maybe, let me know first. Cause I talk to you the most on the show and I don't right. want to be, you know, caught unaware. So. Poor Christine. She, for like the first like 18 episodes, we, because we were new and I didn't know like how she felt about that stuff or I was still nervous to come out to people and I was still oh, wow. unsure. So for the first like 18 episodes, she was misgendering me and didn't know it was not her. I hadn't told her like, Hey, I don't use she, her pronouns. And, um, so for- <laughs> Christine girls night. <laughs> I know. I know. Trust me. I can't listen to early episodes. It's like, like horrific. Oh. Well, so now I feel bad because people, when they start listening to our show from the beginning, they immediately think, Oh, it's a, it's a podcast hosted by two women. And then, right. And then people, they'll try to like say something wonderful about us on Twitter. And then the people who are more caught up will like harass them. So we've had to make a few, <laughs> A, a few PSAs on the show of like, hey, if someone misgenders me, let's assume that they just like haven't got cotton up to where I don't know yeah, why right. she her. Right. So, but anyway, what, thank how, you for letting me like, say that. Yeah, no, I, I'm glad you can open up about stuff like that. And well, and I was going to say too, when it comes to your podcast, so cool that and kind of scary that you guys got to know each other literally yes. on yeah. the air. Oh, yeah. Were, well, were you guys saw- podcasting in person though? Like yeah, we were podcasting okay. in my kitchen because, you know, L.A. apartment's not huge. And we would, like, lock my boyfriend's time and my brother away in their rooms and the dog and r- record in the kitchen. But, yeah, I mean, early on, like, the I think my favorite example of us not really knowing each other was when I covered John Wayne Gacy, which I saw was in one of your <sighs> talking points. Yes. And I was like, I have the perfect freaking anecdote for this is that i was like i have this great story of john wayne gacy and like halfway through the episode him just kind of blurts out like oh well i graduated from clown college and it was this moment of like sorry rewind i'm glad we're recording this because everyone needs to hear this alongside with me and i was like yeah i was the youngest person on the east coast to graduate from clown college i mean it just like opened this whole new like world of weirdness and it was so funny because i had no clue and so while people were listening they were like reacting with me to this bizarre information um so yeah you know things like that happen which makes it really strange and fun uh to do the show and it's all recorded which is great so down the line we can go back remember that time you told me for the first time you graduated from clown college (laughs) yeah Yeah. like we have most of our conversations just recording like we just have like an archive <laughs> of our friendship so wild like getting to know each other literally it, you have it all documented which mm-hmm. is kind of awesome <laughs> you, and well and you guys have now spent over i mean 200 plus episodes i mean that's a lot of time spent recording and time together so i'm I'm curious just for people that want to start their own podcast people that are currently doing it myself included what is one your biggest high from doing this podcast mm. and your biggest low? And also one more is loaded. Um, what's a struggle with doing a podcast, if there's any, when it comes to doing one with someone that's now become one of your best friends? Interesting question. Yeah. Well, Diane well, I mean, Sawyer. <laughs> I know, right? You're like, I like M said. You're like the new together. Oprah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh. I mean, I think one of there are some highs that are very, you know, kind of obvious ones. Just, you know, winning the Webby was like something that was huge. Something we put on like a literal vision board when we first started the show. So when that happened, it was a very surreal moment. I mean, I think for me, it was doing our first live show and walking out on stage and there were a couple hundred people. So you could finally see, you know, doing a radio show, for lack of a better word, like you don't really comprehend that people are listening. And then when you see them all in one room, it's like, oh, my God, they're real. They're clapping. Holy shit. It's terrifying. So I think that was 
definitely a high. Yeah, no, I agree. I And what's weird is I thought that was going to be my personal low when we started touring <laughs> because I have beyond like, like debilitating stage fright. Oh, so really? When we first started it's a like podcast, a curse. When, it, when it started getting big, I was like, Christine, if we ever even get the chance of go doing a live show, I'm telling you now, I'm not going to do it. And eventually <laughs> we I got, got a little pushy about that. <laughs> we got a little pushy. Oh, she got a little pushy. And also we had like all of a sudden like a booking agent who was like, no, this is what you do next. And I went, like I had to go get medicated. <laughs> like I had, I needed, I went to doctors. So it ended up working out and it did become one of my highs, but it was something I, if you told me, you know, five years ago, I would be on stage, you know, performing for people. I would have said you're out of your mind. So nobody yeah. would ever guess that though. Like you don't ever see ner- like, I don't know. well, baby. Before I could guess it, watching you backstage, yes, but on stage, no. I mean, what do you think are okay? Personally, my low, I think, or maybe both of our lows. It's it's hard to call it a low, but I feel like when we were touring mm, last that was a low. in twenty in twenty nineteen, <laughs> we I guess we're not great at saying no. We're not great. At least I'm not great at setting boundaries. And so when we did get a booking agent, he just kind of was like, "Here, here's another show. Here's another show." And we just didn't realize we could say like, "No, that's too much." We also and were mm. we were so grateful that we like someone even wanted us to be on a stage somewhere, and it. If we were so new to it, it was like, we may never get this chance again. We have to say yes. So yeah, we, so right. we said yes to like, I don't know, 50 shows in like a four months. It was honestly <laughs> wow. insane. Like we were home maybe like three days. days a month. Yeah, yeah was, it was, was this all here in the United States? Yeah, a little bit in Canada, uh, but that's, yeah, U.S. and Canada. And it was a lot. And we were doing a different story for every single live show. So it was like so basically we were preparing notes for a live episode, show. 50 original episodes that we were performing live in And cities. then obviously like our weekly episodes as well. So it got to a point where oh, we were like shit. we are in over our heads. And people started to kind of pick up on that, that when we were doing the regular episodes, people started being like they are – like a either mess. phoning it in or they're tired. They don't want to be like joking around with each other. They're just kind of phoning it in. And so seeing people realize like how miserably exhausted we were was like one of those like <laughs> come to Jesus moments of like we got to set boundaries and like make sure we protect our show, which is right. like the original, you know. And it wasn't point. like we were there was anything wrong with our relationship, but people wondered if there was because mm-hmm. we weren't like, you know, ban- there wasn't banter and we weren't <clears throat> joking around. But it was like part of us having a weekly show was that we had a a week of stories to catch each other up on. But when we're together 24 seven and we're exhausted, it's like, what the f- do we have to talk about that? Like, we don't already know. It's like the banter yeah. went away. It was clear that we were like, just trying to like do a job instead of like do a passion. Sure. It, it was, and it was only a few months, but it was, it was definitely one of those moments where we were like, we got to veer the shit back to yeah. the, our roots. And like, you know, we did the tour. It, went, it was awesome. Obviously like, life-changing i mean i don't think we'd take it back at all but nowadays we're definitely like okay let's really focus on the show and then make sure yeah. we don't compromise that uh we, in we, an effort to tour and stuff yeah we came up with a lot of um i don't know if safeguards is the right word but like we we planned ahead for a lot of different parts of the logistics that you wouldn't even think about until you're you've done it already i think that was the other problem is that we had never done a tour before i was like i've never what am i doing i'm like yeah oh you were booking all the travel too christine was booking the hotels (laughs) yeah oh shit we didn't know what we were doing and so i think once we 
had already done one, we knew all the things we absolutely never wanted to accidentally do again. <laughs> so we were like, okay, we're going to do this many cities. We're going to go to this many places in one leg. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And we're going to like prepare our episodes in advance. So we were, we didn't have to record while we were on the road. It was so much yeah. smarter. And the learning curve. And our tour was so much f-ing better in general. Like it was just such a different experience the second time around. It was a learning learning experience for sure. I mean, I guess that's part goes into like the hard part of doing it with a friend is that like you can't there it's hard we're like business partners and which mm-hmm. we never really thought we were co-workers we're business partners we have an employee to, like we have our producer that we manage and like also is our good friend but it's something that you don't really think about when you're just friends with somebody so yeah i, I guess that would be the only thing i can really think of is that there's so many different levels to our relationship yeah a lot there's of, a yeah. lot of a lot of depth there a lot um, of depth. <laughs> Well, and it's it's crazy, too, because when it comes to a podcast, like the most important thing that I mean, everyone's getting access to is your intellect, your your mind, your brain. So if you're not feeling great, or you're feeling rushed, or you don't have shit to talk about because you're seeing each other every damn second. Yeah. Um, of, of course, it's going to affect the show. But like, it's so I guess I'm realizing with doing a podcast, my mental health, like making sure I'm not oh, yeah. a complete mess. It's important. <laughs> well, it's so easy to put that aside. Like, it's so easy to not prioritize yourself because you're like, well, I, this is mo- more important. But then you don't realize, like, people can tell when you're failing in another aspect of life. Yeah. And oh, and the microphone through. doesn't lie. The no. microphone just, we learned it does that. does not. <laughs> and being your own boss is also just difficult in general. I used to think it would be a dream, which it is in a lot of ways. But it's also like, oh, no one's holding me accountable anymore except for me. And like that's mm. and uh, I I don't hold myself accountable a lot. Like so, <laughs> like, like there's a lot of times where I'm like doing things last minute because it, honestly, I could I don't think I could ever do a podcast alone because Christine, whether or not she knows it, is like my accountability partner. Where like if she's relying on something or we said we were going to do something. I have someone saying like, Hey, did you do this? Did you get that done? If I had, mm. if it was up to me, like it just, there would be no podcast. I would be like, I don't, I can't, I don't I think have about any... that a lot. I don't know how you do a podcast alone. I would be so, I don't know how you do it. Terrified. <laughs> so, I don't know how props, I do it. Props. Thank you. Yeah, I know. Well, also sometimes I, I wish I had an Emma Christine in the, <laughs> literally in the darkness of my closet while I'm recording a two hour episode with myself. <laughs> It's such a weird feeling. Like I'm talking to myself for over two hours and it's like, <laughs> do you ever get bored gonna... with yourself? Do you ever like just sit like there and you're like, your own... like in your own head? Are you like, why would someone like listen to me talk? Like I'm, I, I feel like I would bore myself if I got on my own tangent and I could hear like, if someone else were here, they would be thinking like we've derailed. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I haven't had that moment yet. Uh, okay, good. Oh, <laughs> good. I'm thoroughly enjoying myself. Um, That's awesome. I like hang. I guess well, I'm an only child too, so I guess that helps. I'm used oh, to I'm talking to child. myself. I'm just oh. also a basket case. That's the difference. <laughs> we just have a lot of issues. <laughs> yeah. All right. So before you guys leave today, we got to do a low life around of rapid fire questions. I've actually never done it with two people before, so this is going to be interesting. So, so without further ado, let's jump into. Rapid fire questions with Christine and M. Hit it. All right, so it's rapid fire question time. So I'll start it off. Here we go. Cottage on the beach or cabin in the woods? Cabin in the woods. Cabin in the woods. All right. <laughs> Ce- celebrity crush. Oh my God. 
We don't have. The I know. Time. Natalie um, Morales. Who? Natalie Morales. Okay. I've shown um, you pictures of her. Yes, you have. You. It's a very interesting crush you've got. Wait, what's where's Natalie Morales? What has she been in? I'm trying to remember who that is. She was in Lie to Me, which is like a Netflix series. She yep. was recently in Better or Little The Little Things, which was on um, HBO Max. You know your yeah. favorite. Are you channel. gonna like memorize her like IMDb resume or <laughs> me? Yeah. <laughs> um, uh, I don't know. I just was. I'm just sort of currently. It's my current. We're Gemini's. We go all over the place. But right yeah. now, that's my answer. Right now, Elizabeth Olsen because I just got off of Wandavision. Um, mm-hmm. So I'll say that. I haven't, so. I haven't watched that. I do love Elizabeth. I like the whole Olsen family. Mm-hmm. I uh. I do also have a crush on Chris Evans. To be fair, um, so. <laughs> Even though, like, I don't usually, like, I'm not interested in men. Like, I mean, just take five seconds of your time and look at him. It's just he's Yeah, he's a, a beautiful, beautiful specimen. If your belly button had a magical power, one power, if you press it, what would you make your belly button do? One magical little power. And by the way, we've had such crazy random answers. It says a lot about, like, where someone's brain goes. It's fascinating because no one's answer- answered the same. All my first two instincts were, uh, like go to sleep because I have terrible insomnia issues or uh, like lower my anxiety or my heart rate because I'm like so anxious. Like I would love to just be able to be like a clonopin, like, but with a belly, but I don't know. Like that's, you could press up, my... like it be your melatonin button. Just doink. Yes. Just... Or like my uh, propranolol button, as you said, something to, to just. I'd like cor- to think it'd be a hotspot. Like a, mm. like, like a Wi-Fi. Like yeah, for charging. Like, yeah. Like, you, oh. like a little outlet. You just like. And a power pack a little power pack okay but my fear with that would be what about in 20 years when like that's now outdated technology and you just have like a power pack that like doesn't work you know what i mean and can you go swimming with uh, but you don't go swimming there's fish okay that's fair go to cheat meal <sighs> oh my i don't i i, I feel like i've I used to have cheat meals now i just can't eat whatever i want yeah. but I'm not cheating uh, on anything. Um, <laughs> but we all have that one meal that's yeah, like, ooh, like, you know, totally right. I'm in a dark place and I'm eating. <laughs> Just a lot of mac and cheese, I guess. I was going to say mac and cheese, too. But I, I, if I'm picking something that's like kind of wild, I feel like my cheat meal is more like uh, like a, a splurge financially where it's like mm. oh, I yeah. eat garbage all day long. I don't care. But when it comes to like when it comes to like how bougie the food is, I'm like, oh, oh well, that's that's I can't afford that. So I'm the steak I, guy. I love a good steak. Uh, I would say beef Wellington because I've only had like Ooh. one in my entire Ooh. life. And I feel like if I really needed to, to you know, have yeah. a therapy session with myself, it would have to be something that elaborate. I think mine yeah. just involves cheese, really. Anything yeah. with cheese. I like the mac and cheese situation. Uh-huh. Uh, when are you most inspired? Mm, three after a glass of wine <laughs> three a.m. <Or> two. <laughs> yeah. okay after a glass of wine and 3 a.m yeah okay perfect uh movie that is a mood changer for you one that you've watched more than once maybe you can even quote it mm-hmm. oh back to the future part two either how to lose a guy in 10 days or uh catch me if you can with leo oh, dicaprio <laughs> love that movie too uh what is your top love language if you're familiar with the love languages oh, yeah. acts of service <laughs> physical touch words of affirmation gifts quality time hit it christine acts of service really We're, no words of affirmation words okay. of affirmation uh, yeah words of affirmation <laughs> okay i was like 
Shut up. I know yours. I'm lying. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, today, gifts. It's a tie between gifts and words of affirmation, but I could really use Em's a gift a right now. Gift. Em's like famous for gift giving and just very good at that. I could use mm. a present. So, Christine? Yeah. Oh, <laughs> hold on. Let me write that down. <laughs> uh, last show you binge watched? Danny Phantom. <laughs> That's a good answer, Em. I haven't seen that uh, one. The Bunny Ranch. No, I'm just kidding. I don't even know what that is. Uh, <laughs> Full circle. <laughs> oh, God. What? I'm trying to think. I feel like I just watched so much f***ing TV. I can't even. Wait, have you have you watched The uh, the Clown and the Candyman on Discovery Plus? You know what? I think. When did that come out? If that came out a few years ago, then I think I did. No. Well, I think oh, it's fairly recent. I just no, heard about it. I don't it. think I have. Okay, wait, I know my answer. Sorry. Better call Saul because I just love breaking oh, that. So I'm in yeah. my, my face. Mm-hmm. Something that people commonly get wrong about you. <laughs> um, <laughs> your pronouns. <laughs> oh. <laughs> um, okay, that's hysterical. Yes, that, I'm going to say that one. <laughs> not to <laughs> answer for you. Um, I think people, uh, I don't know, people tend to assume I'm kind of ditzy, I guess. But it's oh. probably because I'm just clumsy <laughs> and like messy. Wait, really? But I, but I'm like, I'm not stupid. I don't know. But I think that's also me projecting. I think I just have like a fear. I think I have a fear that people think I'm dumb. So Oh, like, I didn't think that at all. Oh, well, I, thank I mean, you. Sometimes you. in our iTunes reviews, we used to get like, oh, God, Christine's just like the ditzy, you know, whatever. Uh, but We both um, project on the, the like, quote, hate uh, from like what people say about us. Like, I have no idea what people complain about with Christine. I, in my mind, I never see complaints about Christine in our comments. If there, if there were complaints, which there aren't luckily too many, but I've only seen ones about me where like in the first several episodes, people were really mad because I always interrupted Christine. I later found out I had ADHD to be fair. Um, Fair enough. (laughs) Didn't know, (laughs) but yeah, I never see anyone say anything negative about you, Christine. I think I think um, we just like to take people's words too personally and too close to heart. Well, yeah, in case anyone's sure. wondering, Christine is not Ditsy. She is the biggest, fattest brain you've ever seen. She's so Aww, smart. Oh, thanks. She's I am messy one. and clumsy, though. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you die and you get to come back to this world, let's say as an animal reincarnation situation, mm-hmm. which animal would you choose to come back as? Elephant. Oh, I love elephants. Me too. That's so sweet. They're smart. So smart. And they're very smart, by the way. And they have like, funerals when somebody dies. Like, they're very, like, emotionally intelligent animals. Yeah. Mine would be, like, the animal raised by, like, a really rich family so that I can... <laughs> <laughs> like a chihuahua of Beverly Hills type I want, situation. I want... Well, I have said many times I want to be the dog that's, like, everyone's kind of nervous about because, like, it sleeps too often and, like, everyone's, like... Are you it doesn't okay? move much like, that you, you poke you it, it to make sure. You check its breathing every now and then. I want to be yeah. that dog, but owned by a wealthy family so I can be fed when I am not. Beef sleeping. Wellington. Right? That's about it. Mm. Yeah, I want yeah. Beef Wellington. Is that too much to ask? <laughs> Incredible option. Uh, and last but not least, I always like to leave the lowlifers with a quote that you like to live by. So if you guys both could share <gasps> a quote or something that it could be any quote, it doesn't have to be something you live by. Um, but I I know um, both of you are fans of The Office. So I was like, maybe we'll get some office quotes in here. We My do a lot show of too. those. Yeah, we yeah. do a lot of those. I, I do have an office quote, but I can't remember it, which is so frustrating right now. To paraphrase, it was when his uh, CEO was asking him, like, what his secret is to success. And Michael Scott was like, no matter what, no matter who or when, if don't do not 
no matter what, it, something like that. That's <laughs> yeah. true. Like, I was like, how did you not memorize it? Oh, I see why you didn't memorize it. Yeah, um, and then never gives an answer. Never right? gives an answer. Just walk. Well, just eventually it ends. In a very, yeah. in a more serious way, I would say mm-hmm. the quote that actually I do sometimes play in my head also, but uh, that seems to be relevant to our conversation. That it's, what is it? How's it go? Uh, someone else's opinion of you is none of your business. I have to tell myself that a lot mm. because I'm like, that's great. I'm like, like, you know, reading iTunes reviews, I'm like, oh my God, I'm so stupid. It's like, that's not yeah. helpful to anybody. So try to let people have their opinions without, you know, getting too involved. I, I don't great. have any, um, inspiration pinterest pinterest worthy quotes i don't have a pinterest uh but (laughs) the one quote that i'm proud that i stuck by was my senior quote in high school like my yearbook quote which was by david bowie and it was i don't know where i'm going from here but i promise it won't be boring Mm. that's true amen you have lived up to that yes you have (laughs) both of you are definitely not boring well uh, i just i just want to say thank you both so freaking much for giving me the exclusive thank you i love having you guys and having us thank you you guys are you guys are amazing guests i'm a huge fan of your podcast um i both of you have the best personalities can you let the the listeners know where we could find you on social medias make sure you get the tiktok in there too because it's so good (laughs) oh yeah take it away yeah take Uh, it away well uh so our personal handles mine is vm schultz um and christine's is christine schiefer or Christine schiefer um also shameless plug christine has another podcast too called beach to sandy that you should go listen to and Aww. we have uh our podcast and that's why we drink you can pretty much find everything at and that's why we drink.com or our social media is atwd podcast you can see our episodes on youtube also and Everything, including my TikTok, is in uh, my link tree in my bio and all my social link tree. <laughs> Perfect. Do you guys record camera wise uh, on YouTube all of your episodes now? We do. Yes. Wow. I edit them, which is quite a fun task I've assigned to myself. Um, <laughs> we have. To, we're eventually hoping to find an editor who can do a more professional job. But yes, we do put our Zoom uh, videos on. Damn, I online. love that. All right, it's guys. Well, well, thank well, you for having us. This was really an honor. Thank you so and much. You're such yeah. a fun interviewer and mm-hmm. host, and it's it's very uh, it's an honor to be here. So oh my you. god! Well, <laughs> I, I love having you guys on, and I'm sure when when there's like another really good like uh, situation, like a documentary or something about ghosts or something that goes down, like I'd love to have my experts. You're my paranormal <gasps> activity oh, experts. Thank you. Officially, thank you. I'll take <laughs> so, it. Come back. For we'll that. have to discuss in a cemetery sometime. We'll go to Forest Lawn oh, together. You guys can FaceTime me from Forest Lawn. Oh my we god, should. the dream! That would be great. I I would freaking love that. Okay, All right, cool. guys. Well, have a great weekend, and yeah, I'll talk to you guys soon. Awesome. Thank you so much. Thank right. you. Right. Bye, Bye, guys. Thank you for listening to today's episode of the Low Life Podcast. I hope you enjoyed it. All right, so I'm so excited for next week's guest. I have one of my dear friends coming in hot for an interview. We got super tight during quarantine. She's a very successful choreographer, dancer, director. She's worked with everyone from the Jonas Brothers to Halsey to Kelly Clarkson to Demi Lovato. Danny Vitali is her name, and I just freaking love her. She's a good human, and I'm so glad that she's coming on the show because Demi Lovato actually just came out with a docuseries called Dancing with the Devil, and Demi has gone through some shit in her life. I mean, she opens up in this docuseries, and it's an explosive-type story because she just lays it all out, which a lot of artists are afraid to do. So, like, kudos to Demi for just really 
like being so open, vulnerable and honest about everything she's gone through, including like the drug overdoses and and dealing with eating disorders and a bunch of other stuff. So that docuseries is available on YouTube right now. But of course, because Danny is her choreographer and close friend, she was involved in a lot of this stuff going down. And unfortunately, because of their close relationship, um, she was looked at by the fans as someone who contributed to Demi's downfall or her overdose. But of course, she didn't. And we're going to talk about that next week. So if you get a chance to watch the Demi Lovato documentary um, over the weekend, that would be great because then next week's episode, you'll know exactly what we're talking about. And we'll do a deep dive with Danny. And besides the Demi Lovato stuff, she has a really fascinating story and she's just a good human. So of course, I want to have her on. So that's next week's episode. Also, I have to say thank you so freaking much for rating, subscribing, and leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. I say it every time, but it makes a huge difference. And uh, I can't thank you guys enough. Seriously, though, like I love doing these shows and we're able to do these free shows for you and put out more episodes because you take the time to rate, subscribe, especially leaving a comment on Apple Podcasts. And uh, I read all of the comments and I'm so grateful for every single one of them. And I know a lot of people will say like, I don't leave reviews like, but they're leaving their first time review for my podcast and it helps so much. And we could, again, do these free shows and continue to do them. And my producers, uh, my editor and myself, we all thank you so much for taking the time to do that and, and give the low life this little engine that could or freaking couldn't at times some love on Apple Podcasts. And oh, and just a special shout out to Jacqueline. She wrote, hola, I seriously love you and your podcast and your Instagram stories. You're my best friend and you don't know it. Keep being you. Love you, low. Oh my God, Jacqueline. Well, I do know it now and I love you too. We are best friends. Thank you for leaving that comment on Apple Podcasts. Um, I appreciate it. Another listener is Dallas Austin Rose. Ooh, great name. Dr. V was amazing. Lo, you're meant to do this. Thank you for saying that. And I, again, appreciate you taking the time to freaking write a comment. And then one more shout out to number one puta. <laughs> Dad, I... Love this listener. Um, they were easily the best, newest podcast out there. Low, great guests. Always learn something new. I'm excited for Thursday's new episode. I feel like Lowe's a close friend of mine and I could relate just from listening to the episode. And to the listener that put the two eggplant emojis with like puta puta up in the subject line, obsessed. Thank you for taking the time to do that. Seriously, you taking the time to write a message means the world to this podcast. It helps so much. It's It helps tremendously in supporting up and coming podcasts and little freaking shit shows like mine. And uh, if you could write a message, you could write a lengthy one, you could write a short one, you could put a freaking emoji, a poop emoji, a freaking eggplant dick emoji, a crown, a fire flame, a chili pepper, whatever you want to leave. I appreciate each and every little poop emoji and chili pepper and actual message. Thank you so much for doing that. I hope you have an amazing weekend ahead. If you get a chance to watch that Demi Lovato docuseries, I'll be watching it too and I'll be back with you guys next week. But until then, don't forget to drink your water, puta. Because I know you're thirsty. I love you and I'm out. Yeah, we, we keep it moving. Yeah, we do.